Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Monday, June the 13th, the Monday after Trinity Sunday, which of course was yesterday. Today, the Church directs our attention to a tremendous saint in the life of the Church and in the life of really all Christians, that of St. Anthony of Padua. And we often associate St. Anthony with the idea of recovering lost things. Well, at the same time, we ought to remember and turn to St. Anthony for lost souls, lost individuals who are searching for the way, the truth, and the life. And the way, the truth, and the life is in the person of Jesus, who identified himself as the way, the truth, and the life. There is a beautiful picture of St. Anthony receiving the infant Jesus into his arms from the Blessed Mother, who's extending the infant Jesus to St. Anthony from the portals of heaven, along with the Blessed Mother holding Jesus in her arms, and St. Joseph, who is guiding Jesus and teaching him as a young boy, St. Anthony, the Blessed Mother, and St. Joseph, all embracing Jesus in their arms. And that's a powerful image, isn't it, of really the Christian life, enfolding Jesus in our hearts as Jesus loved to be folded in their arms. And we have been given that great gift to enfold Jesus in our hearts, beginning with our baptism, strengthened in the Eucharist, the daily reading and meditating and praying of Scripture, and our own private devotions. We ought to remember all those this day who are lost, all those who are searching for the way, the truth, and the life, and commend them to the care and guidance of St. Anthony in communion with the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph. For there are so many things that crowd and make uh, crowded our hearts and our minds today. So much uh, so-called information, so many activities and things impinge upon us and crowd us and stuff us up inside, it's easily uh, possible to become confused and disoriented as to what is the way and the truth and the life. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of St. Paul's second letter to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And what we experienced today was experienced in the very earliest of the church, as St. Paul and his companions, like Timothy and also Titus. They are teaching and preaching 
and there is a great deal of confusion, great deal of confusion in the minds of many who are hearing Paul and Timothy and Titus and the other disciples who are preaching and teaching Christ. And St. Paul is giving a kind of final instruction and an encouragement to Timothy because Paul's life is coming to an end and he's handing on the ministry to Timothy and to Titus to continue the good work that Jesus gave to St. Paul on the road to Damascus. And he says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is coming to judge the living and the dead, and his appearing in his kingly power, I charge you to preach the word, to stay with this task, whether convenient or inconvenient, correcting, reproving, appealing, constantly teaching, and never losing patience. That's for each and every one of us, not simply for the ordained, not simply for those whom God has raised up specifically, although their vocation and their call is a very special one in the church, but each and every one of us in our baptism, we are to preach the word. We don't need a pulpit. The pulpit and the church is our everyday life that environment, our homes, our places of business where we work, uh, our neighborhoods, our schools, where we walk and live and move and have our being each day. We must radiate Christ, holding Christ in the center of our hearts and appealing, correcting, reproving, but always with patience and with love, not with anger, not with condemnation and judgment, but out of love by the way in which we live our lives each day. And Paul goes on and he says, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but follow their own desires, surround themselves with teachers who tickle their ears they will stop listening to the truth and will wander off to fables. We see so much of that today, don't we? We see so many people who no longer tolerate sound doctrine and the teaching of the church, the teaching of Christ and the sacred scriptures, but they surround themselves with people who tell them what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. They tickle their ears because they make them, quote-unquote, feel good about themselves uh, rather than the hard realities of living the Christian life and of following Christ. We always remember that the following of Christ is always the invitation to carry our cross and lift our burdens and unite them with Christ. And it's not simply uh, one kumbaya after another. It's also the daily commitment to follow Christ in our everyday lives. 
and to have the courage to live in the truth. And it takes courage, especially today, when there is so much confusion. There are so many things that go on in our everyday lives that challenge the scriptures, that challenge the teaching of the church. We have to be grounded and stand firm through the indwelling Holy Spirit of the truth that has been revealed to us in the person of Christ in our scriptures and in the teaching of the church. And there's a word of encouragement, Paul says, has for you be steady and self-possessed. Steady and self-possessed. Don't be rattled. Don't be shaken by all kinds of interpretations and fables, all kind of appealing words and sounds from those that are so nicely packaged. But always return to the scriptures and to the teaching of the church. Paul says, put up with hardship. Perform your work as an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Put up with hardship. Yes, people will reject you. Yes, they may ridicule you and ostracize you. They may turn away from you. And in the more extreme moments, they may even try to do harm to you. Don't lose heart. Put up with hardship, for you are strengthened in the Holy Spirit. Perform your work as an evangelist. In your daily life, evangelize by the witness of your example, by your words, by your prayers for the conversion and the change of heart for, the, for those who are lost to be found those who have spiritually died, that they may come back to life. That's your work. That's your ministry as a follower of Christ. So this day we have that beautiful image of St. Anthony receiving the infant Jesus from the Blessed Mother, the Blessed Mother holding Jesus in her arms, and St. Joseph guiding and caring for the child Jesus, the young person Jesus. Let us be standing there with them, that we enfold Jesus in our hearts each day. We are steady, self-possessed. We put up with hardship, and we unite them with Christ and his cross, we are faithful to our baptismal call to preach and to live always with patient love God's truth for the sake of those whom we encounter every day. That's a great ministry of love. It's a great ministry of service. And it unites us with Christ in our call as Christians in the world but not of the world. So let us not be shaken, but let us stand firm in our teaching and in our faith, knowing that in doing so, 
one day we will be in the presence of the Blessed Trinity for all eternity. Let us fulfill our ministry, our blessed vocation, this very day. God bless you. Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Friday, June the 17th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. Galatians 6, verses 14 through 16. If you speak to anyone today, or if you just pause for a moment in the midst of all the frantic activity of the day, and you reflect for just a moment of a common feeling that seems to have engulfed each of us and the world as a whole, is that the world is too much with us. We are burdened and heavy laden by the world. Often when we get up in the morning, the first thing we do is we have to turn on the TV to find out the news. And in rushes the world. The world, which is at this particular time, seems so gloomy and heavy laden, so filled on the domestic front with bad economic news, uh, civil unrest, great division and strife. We seem to be a nation with one great brush burn across the whole of the nation. The slightest breeze, the slightest touch calls us to become painful and fearful, angry and resentful, and the world is too much with us. And we walk around in something very uncharacteristic of our country. We walk around with a certain pessimism, a certain loss of confidence, a kind of doom and gloom where no matter what the sky and the sun may be telling us, there is a cloud that hangs over and within us so much today. And that weighs heavy upon us, weighs heavy within us. It clouds not only our mood, but our very behavior. We tend to be more frustrated, angry, short-tempered. We tend to have less zest, less kind of uh, approach to life with a quickened step. But we just kind of plod along through the day, wondering what new cloud outburst is going to take place. The world is simply too much with us. And our reading this morning from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians is one that should be front and center in our entire lives, throughout the whole of our life. In these short verses, only three, 14, 15, and 16, Paul is offering us really a divine wisdom from Scripture, from his letter the inspired word of God that should be 
the perspective and the prism, not the prison, but the prism, through which we look at the world and our own lives. Paul says, May I never boast of anything but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. May I never boast. We don't need to get out our resumes, our trophies, our testimonials, our rewards and achievements, for all of that passes away. But he wants to boast only of one thing, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, isn't that more doom and gloom? Another Good Friday in which we reenact, relive the passion and death of Christ. That's one way to look at it if you only stop there. But Paul says, through it, through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Now think about that for just a moment. That through the cross of Christ, the world has been crucified to me. The world and all of its ebbs and flows, its currents, its torrents that swirl within us and around us. All of that has been crucified. All of that has died because that does not have ultimate meaning. That does not have the final word. It is not the really real end. An eye to the world. To be crucified, to die to the world, be crucified to the world because we boast, we claim, we proclaim the gift of the cross of Christ. For in Christ, the world, the world that is under, allowed by God, the control of Satan, that, he, that Paul has died to, He's died to it. And the reason he's died to it, because on the cross of Christ, that world passes away. That world does not have the ultimate final end of human history and of our lives. It means nothing. All that matters is one is created anew. Think about that for a moment to be created anew. At this very moment in your life, to boast of the cross of Christ and to die to the news, to die to what you read, to die to the ebb and flow of everyday life, the ups and downs and all of that. Yes, we live in the world, but we are not of the world. The world does not have the last word on how we live the gift of each day. Do we let the world become so much in us that it robs us of the presence of God, of the gifts, the graces, and the blessing that God showers on us each and every day? God woke us up today for a purpose. God woke us up 
for a work to do for the kingdom of God and not for the world. And in that, through the Holy Spirit, we are transformed. We are conquerors and more than conquerors of the world around us because of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are called to share in that. That begins with our baptism, through our baptism, to live our baptism, walk wet in those baptismal waters. We are crucified to the world. World, we, we have died with the world so that we can, all that matters is that we are born anew. We are created anew. If we only open ourselves and each day see the very presence of God within us and around us and know that all that happens passes away except the love of God, which is in each and every one of us, offered to each and every one of us. And Paul says, peace and mercy on all who follow this rule of life. Peace. If the world is too much with you, you have no peace. If the world is too much with you, you are close to the very mercy of God. You are locked into the world. You are part of the world. But in the cross of Christ, you have been set free from the world. For Christ has conquered the world and you with it if you only surrender to Christ. If only you bid Christ to come in you, to live in you. You need boast of anything. But Christ living in you, your hope of glory. Paul will say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ living in me. That's, that's our boast. That's our hope. That's the ultimate trump card. That in Christ, we are born anew. In Christ, we receive that peace and that mercy, which is beyond all understanding in worldly terms, which does not come through a shopping channel or a Neiman Marcus catalog. It's God's free gift to us every day. If only we have the wisdom to open our whole being to receive the gift. And peace and mercy will settle into our hearts. And we can live in the freedom, that freedom from that burden of the world. Christ says, come to me all you who are labored and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Come to Christ. Have the world lifted from your hearts and from your shoulders. It will not eat into you but you will transcend it and you will be created anew.
All that matters is that one is created anew. And that is offered to each and every one of us so that the peace and the mercy of Christ, crucified and risen, will be ours. Let us today, with St. Paul, we can say at the end of this day, and going forward, the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. And I now know the great gift and love of God, God's peace, and God's mercy. God bless you.